0: Hey, this is Minta, and you're listening to Mint, the podcast dedicated to making spiritual things practical. What I like to tell people is that we meet at the intersection of real life and faith, For over a year, we have been diving deep and talking practically about how to apply the Bible to real-life situations, and we have seen amazing life change. But here at the Mint Podcast, we are listener-supported, which means we need your help to continue. If you would so prayerfully consider, and if you have benefited from listening to the Mint Podcast, would you head over to www.amintageisler.com slash Reckless Abandoned Ministries and make a donation, we would so appreciate it if you would partner with us to continue to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the community and help people take one practical step forward in faith at a time. Well, today on the show, I am so excited because I get to share my husband, Ben, with all of you. And during the month of January, Ben and I and our two oldest kids joined our church in a 21-day fast. And to be honest, it was really difficult. Uh, we struggled at times. There was lots of hangry people in our house. However, we also got to see God work in many miraculous ways, and it was really encouraging, and faith-building. So that's what we're going to focus on on today's show. It was fasting and how God uses the fast to grow our faith. And I'm going to be honest, I used to think fasting was only something they did way back uh, in Jesus' time when he was on the earth, like that is a practice from long ago. Um, Or I thought that the only people that did it were like the crazy religious fanatical people that are super out there. So either I've become one of them, or the truth is that it is just a powerful tool for every believer, and it is a way that we can press in, we can grow, we can get stronger, and we can see the presence of God like never before. And so that's why I want to talk about it today, because I want to be an encouragement in that area that we can all participate in fasts and and just reap the blessings of them. Let's jump in. Welcome to the show, Ben. Thank you for being here.
1: Thanks. Excited to be here.
0: Excited to have you. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for who you are and all that you are and that you are our provider for all that we need. God, will you give us eyes to see you, ears to hear you, and hearts that are courageous and open to hearing from you today, Lord, in your name. Amen. All right, Ben, you and I have done a number of fasts together. We have.
1: Yeah, we have. This was not our first.
0: Nope. We pretty much do on every January, but how did this fast rank for you? Was it easier or tougher than the other ones that we've done or kind of middle of the row?
1: Uh, It's definitely not one of the tougher ones for me. Um, That does not mean that it was not difficult, but we've done some some big dogs that have been (laughs) butt kickers, as I like to call them. (laughs) This one was uh, difficult, but manageable.
0: Right, we were just talking before the show. We did one probably about seven years ago when our oldest two were really little. They were probably like sixth well, and fourth grade. The math,
1: Twelve years old and nine years old.
0: Okay, so they were like six grade fourth, fourth and sixth grade and fourth grade or something like something that or like that, something yeah. fourth grade but we did a 21 day daniel fast as a family they did it for my health and so bless my kids they even ate just fruits and vegetables for 21 days that was a hard
1: one Oh my word the first morning we <laughs> we, right, we, we kind of did the daily countdown in two days we're going to do it in one day and then the the morning of we we get out of bed and we come down all right we're going to do breakfast I made oatmeal. Here we go. And so they just, we just we still laugh about it to this day. They just like, "Oh
0: yeah, oatmeal. Okay." They couldn't eat it.
1: Oh, they must have chewed every bite 45 times. I know. You know? And you don't even chew oatmeal. You kind of just slug it down there like gah, gah, oh couldn't
0: handle it. Let's
1: add some more. Let's <laughs> add some more maple syrup because that's natural. You can put that in there. Let's put a little bit more honey in there. You want some raisins? <laughs> oh man, it took about 45 minutes to eat that first breakfast. And yes, and that was the last like day we had oatmeal is, this for This is going to be a long, long deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yep. I think for me, this fast was actually one of the most difficult ones for me, and not because what we chose to fast was hard. I think just the place I'm in health-wise and with COVID, I'm running close to my max capacity for what I can handle, yep. and the... Um, stress-wise and the fast just kind of put me over the edge a little so this one for me was really tough
1: right. um, which were... is which is kind of part of the deal with yeah. fasting you know yeah. it's I think it's easy to say alright I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure the tank is all full and I'm good and now I'm ready I'm going to fast uh, which is kind of the antithesis of what fasting <laughs> is you know yeah. it's it's supposed to be able to come to the end of yourself and I think maybe we just got there faster yeah not, not that, you know, for sure. just got there pretty quick because there's not much in the tank to start with.
0: Right. Okay. Well, before we move on, I just want to pause for a quick minute and do a little background on fasting because if you're anything like me up until a few years ago, I didn't know about fasting and I didn't understand it. And I thought it was just for weird people. And so I just want to give a little background in case you're listening today and you haven't done that practice. Um, but in the Bible, there are times all throughout the Bible where people fasted and it's just a fancy way of saying they avoided something. And in the Bible, it was food. So they avoided food in an attempt to press in and rely on God and get what they need from the Lord, right? And so instead of getting our nourishment from bread, man does not live by bread alone, but by the very word of God, you press into the Lord and you let him supply all that you need. And so it was a way that people could draw close to the Lord. And in those times, he would use it to speak to people and give them visions and provide breakthroughs. And, and I can testify that that still happens today. So there's different kinds of food fasts that you can do. One we already mentioned, it's the Daniel fast. And that is from the book of Daniel, and he was a man of God, and him and his couple buddies for two weeks, I believe it was, ate only fruits and vegetables and drank water. So we have done that. It is uh, not for the faint of heart. It is really tough. Man, without carbs, you get hungry a lot. Um, There are people who do a total food fast, and they only drink water. No food, and I have great admiration for those people, um, but that fast you don't want to do for a long period of time a day, maybe two days, but you don't want to go past that uh for health reasons, whereas like a Daniel fast, you can go you know twenty one days, forty days, two weeks, whatever you decide. Uh, we have done a juice fast before where we didn't really eat anything, but all three meals a day we had juice <laughs> yeah, tell us how you felt about that the juice fast not, ben.
1: I still don't like juice, I will not eat juice no. Uh, you, do you ever see me drinking juice? No,
0: we don't drink no. juice now. I
1: like I had the gag reflex; it just hits every time I taste it's juice. It's too much it's like, juice, and it's Ugh. so much
0: acid reflux. Ugh. But if God is calling you to do that, I don't want to speak badly about it.
1: I think about halfway through, I switched to straight coffee.
0: Yeah, you, you with, went on with a with coffee fast. Was yeah,
1: like, I, you know what? I'd rather do coffee and water than juice. So, <laughs> we, it, it's all good. It's all good. You, that you was compromise better than juice.
0: sometimes. You have to, you know, change it up, but or you can do where you just avoid a certain type of food. So no sugar, like you you avoid sugar in your diet, or you avoid coffee. God bless those people. Or no sweets, or no snacks, or. But the important thing is that you sit down and you plan a length of time, and then you set the parameters of what you're going to avoid, and then you just gird it up and do it. And there's a second type of fasting that we added in this time. And it's where you avoid something that isn't food-related. So, for example, you can avoid TV. You can avoid YouTube. You could avoid social media. You could avoid shopping. I mean, you take something that you do often or maybe a little too much that you rely on and you get rid of it. And instead of doing that thing when you normally would, you press in and spend that time with the Lord. And so this time in our fast, we each picked a food thing and we each picked Another thing. So, for example, um, I started out avoiding sugar and social media. Um, And we're going to talk about that as we come up. But that was what our church was doing and what they encouraged. And that's what we decided that we were going to do. And I think for me, the most powerful part of the fast, and Ben, I don't know what it is for you, um, and maybe you can share after I do, that would be great. But Those times then when hunger hits and I can't eat, I literally will stop and pray and just say something like, Lord, you promise that I don't live on bread alone, but by your word. So satisfy me with your presence right now, right here, Lord. Fill me with your truth because you're my provider. You're the bread of life. Lord, will you reveal yourself to me? Amen. And literally, sometimes I have to pray that 10 times in one hour because well, I get so focused on food.
1: I think that's one of the differences of our culture when we fast is that we literally don't ever have hunger pangs. Right. You know, we're, we are overweight. We are overfed. Our portions are too... I mean, we we more experience being overfull than being right. hungry. And so I think one of the big uh, physical keys to, to fasting is that hunger pang of oh, I feel hungry. That's weird. I don't usually when I do that, I go and grab something. But now instead of meeting your own needs, you pause and you say, okay, God, you're enough. Yep, You're enough. I don't need to fill my own needs. I don't need to distract myself. I don't need to do that. Um, And and I know for me, it it wasn't a true fast, but the first time that that I experienced that, I went on a missions trip uh, to Honduras and emotional just even remembering it. But before we went, our leaders, who were incredible, were coaching us up and trying to help us understand this is what it's going to be like, okay? Because Honduras is one of the poorest countries in, sure. in the Western Hemisphere, right. and they are really poor, and, and they didn't want to go in there and, and put us up in hotels and, and then go work with the, the poor Hondurans. It's like, no, we're, we're all in. We're, we're going to be part of this. So part of our mission, we didn't bring any food. We didn't bring any provisions on purpose. We could have. Um, But we stayed in the homes with the Hondurans. And and when we were getting ready to go, they said, one of the things we want you to get out of this trip, because the reality is when you go on a short-term mission trip, yes, you're serving them, but you, I think, take more than they do from that experience. But they said, what we want you to take from this is that Jesus is enough. And (laughs) when you don't eat well, you get that really quick because you want you you want food you want nourishment you want um and so we you know we ate what they ate which was not much um and you're physically tired it's 120 degrees and so we weren't truly fasting but it was my first uh experience of of wanting more of desiring more of having that hunger of oh i i'm not comfortable with this but then mentally saying but jesus is enough
0: right it's so good
1: well I, yeah so that was that was again it wasn't a true fast but that was my first
0: right opportunity to
1: understanding I think mm-hmm.
0: and I think maybe that is what's powerful about a, a fast is that opportunity that w- we maybe don't have here in the United States because we are so blessed most of us we don't go without meals mm-hmm. ever but just to be in want but then to just declare that the Lord is enough. And I think that's what's so powerful, however you decide to say it. Right. Um, that's what's so powerful. And you know, friends, he is. He is enough. And I think, Ben, you'll, you'll agree with me there that he just always shows up and he provides and he sustains on a fast. Yep. We always make it. Here we are. <laughs> Never once, did we not? So he's always there. Ben, so let's jump in and talk about this. What did you fast this time? And how'd it go?
1: Um, so I, I don't know if this is legalistic of me, but I always feel like fasting has to be food. It, it doesn't have to. I know you mentioned it's, biblical fasting is food, but the biblical culture was different too. So they didn't have... Clearly, they're not going to talk about them in the Bible, not watching TV.
0: Or social media. Or so, right? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Thou shalt not do Instagram. Yeah, You know, that. that's not...
0: Yeah. Not a, not in there. <laughs>
1: but, but so mentally for me, fasting is food. I, I have a hard time separating that. So um, initially, I just said, "Yeah, I'll just, I'll go without." Um,
0: One meal a day. Well, no, right. I
1: said, "I'll just fast. I'll just oh. won't eat." And you're like, "Do a juice fast?" I was like, no, I'd rather just not eat." Um, and this was actually good for me because I can get a little over the top sometimes and be like, "Yeah, twenty-one days, let's go." And and you know what you said was. No, this is something that we want to do together. We're going to do it as a family. We're going to do it as a couple, and so it's good for me to to say, "Oh yeah, this isn't this isn't just me being a tough guy." Because sometimes that's what I think fasting what? is like. Oh yeah, <laughs> you, you want to do fasting? We'll do fasting. Let's yeah, go. Right? You're doing one week. I'm doing four. What's up? You know that. That's kind of where I get. Um, but no, what what's a realistic thing? And the other thing is, you have to live with me.
0: <laughs> right? I did say You're that. Like, I was like, babe, I, I love not, you, but uh I'm we all have to you. live together for, for twenty one days. Yeah. If
1: you don't eat, you know, it's not gonna work. So we settled on uh missing one meal.
0: And then also I asked you to do something non meal.
1: Right. And so then I also um I I I don't do much social media. That's not I don't not your thing. really yep. not my jam. But um especially lately I do get into politics and um So I I tend to be on my, my newsfeed a lot on my, on my phone, just trying to catch up what's going on. And, um, so I said, okay, I I won't do that for three weeks. I won't watch any news other than I think I pulled up the weather forecast a few times. Right. And Ty was like, Hey, that's news. I'm I'm just trying to get the weather. Yeah. So. So
0: how did it go? Cutting out those two things, a meal and you chose to cut out lunch. So you would eat breakfast and then go eight to ten hours at least, sometimes more, sometimes twelve because you were working. I
1: was working and I'd work late and I'd get home at eight or nine some nights. And then
0: you were fasting the newsfeed too. So how did that go?
1: um, I did not miss the newsfeed. That actually was that was nice. I mean, I Mm -hmm. wanted to go to. I found my mind saying, "What's going on?" You know, and this is um, during a change in. Uh, power, you know, the inauguration was happening. So there's things I wanted to see or, or, you know, I was curious about. Um, But mentally, it was really nice to just shut off the noise. And uh, especially in the political season for the last few weeks, it's just so noisy and so much, you know, and they, they put in the headlines that just spur emotion. And, you, you, you know, you get...
0: Angst. Yeah, what? I I'll can't believe up. that. And yeah. this is
1: what? You know, and and so I, I really enjoyed actually turning that off. And I haven't been on it since, even though we've ended the fast. I, I haven't opened that up again. And eventually I'll probably watch some news, but that that was nice. Um, food-wise, I was hungry. I was hungry. Um, but again, it was good. It was... It, It's a reminder to me in the moment of Jesus is enough. Plus I have put on enough weight where I really don't need to eat. Um, but Jesus is enough. Uh, you don't need <laughs> nice. food. You don't have to go there. Um, but then just reminds me of the times in my life where I had to um, remember that. Mm-hmm. So it was a good reminder in the moment, but also a reminder of of the past times that God had been faithful to me and to us. So so in that way, it was really a good thing. I, really, um, I know I said a number of times, <clears throat> and I get emotional when I talk, sorry. Um, a, a number Never of times- Never apologize for that. <laughs> um, on the fast, when we, we would talk about it and have daily discussion about it, I, but I remember saying, I just feel honored to be able to fast.
0: That was kind of our model this time. We yeah. are honored to fast, honored to be in want,
1: yeah, so
0: love it. Thanks for sharing. I will say, um, you did come home hungry. <laughs>
1: Or hangry. But hangry. Yeah, I'm trying to be
0: nice. But I did try. I would make these ginormous breakfasts for him before he would leave. More food than you think you, and then a giant supper when he got home. But he was working literally two jobs and he would go from one to the next. And um, man, if that didn't humble me to watch you work so hard on no food to serve our family and to provide. It just felt like such a blessing then to be able to cook for you and to provide those meals. So,
1: well, they were appreciated. It
0: was really neat. Um, As I mentioned before, I did sugar um, for the first week, and I also did social media, and um, which for me felt like a sacrifice because I'm on social media for uh, my work. That's how I get out the podcast and the blog and. communicate for breakfast club and FCA. And so um, I did go on once to post something for breakfast club and FCA, but otherwise I stayed off. And um, holy cow. I think for me, this was the most humbling fast in that the first week I was a disaster and I cried every day. And it sounds so silly to say out loud that not having sugar and not having social media made me cry, but it did. And I literally couldn't do it. I was anxious. I was bored. I was lonely. Um, And the Lord just really uh, stripped me bare the first week and allowed me to see how many coping mechanisms I have that are not Him. And I like to think I'm pretty dependent on the Lord and pretty tough and pretty strong. I spend a lot of time in His Word, and my whole life is focused on reckless abandon towards Jesus and doing ministry. And I just was so humbled at how much of this world I rely on to get through. And I couldn't do it. I went crazy. I just cried every day, and um, I took it to the Lord finally the first weekend. And I was like, Lord, I have done so many fasts before. I feel like such a loser right now. I, this is not even a hard fast that I'm doing. Why can't I do this? Like, please forgive me for falling short. And man, I didn't even hardly spend any time with the Lord that first week. I was just so busy trying to not freak out about food and social media. And um, because you see what happens for me in my situation with my health is that I have figured out how to cope by being busy. And so I eat, or I go do a project, or I hop on social media, or I will run to Target. And it just so happens in January we went on a budget and I couldn't just run to Target. And so the Lord really stripped everything from me worldly that wasn't Him. And He allowed me to see my weakness in that I have come to rely on so many things in this world. and. I'm not saying that it's wrong to like food or that it's wrong to go shopping or that it is wrong to be on social media. Don't, don't misunderstand me there, but the Lord showed me that I was relying on those things instead of Him. And that um, part of my lesson here was seeing that He's enough and that He will carry me on the days when I feel so sick and so much of my body hurts that I want to lose my mind. I don't need to check out and just go on social media. And and forget about my life. I don't need to numb out by eating half a bag of potato chips or going to Target and losing myself in the Hearth and Hand area yeah. at Target. You know, I I don't have to do those things. I can I can press in. But it was really humbling. And so the first weekend, then when I prayed and I went to Ben and was like, I this is not working. Like I I am not even becoming closer to the Lord. I am failing at this miserably. And I, and I took it to God. And you know what was so cool is I felt nothing but grace and compassion. And I just heard, my child, it's okay. You are, you are in a worse health place than you've ever been. And it is COVID. And your whole family's home. And you've got so many stressors. It's okay. Let's adjust and let's try this a different way. And he just revealed to me, Minta, so much of your life is restricted. You guys, I have so much food I cannot eat. I am dairy-free. I am gluten-free. Other foods that bother me. That doing another restriction was just too much for my body. He said, let's not do it. Let's change it up. And so I switched and did what Ben was doing, and I skipped a meal a day, and instantly the fast got better. Well, and it was still really hard. And
1: I think that's an important thing to do when you're, when you're talking about fasting is that it, there's a purpose for doing it and it's not to be legalistic. It's not to follow a rule or to say, this is what we're going to do. And that's something that I can fall into. Um, but I think that first week, like you said, was reflective for you. It just reflected um, some things for you in your life you, that you were not maybe able to see. Um, no. But then it also helped you see this, this that which was positive. That was a good thing. And I remember sitting down and you had a list of like eight things. You're like, I have eight things. I've written them down because you are reflective by nature <laughs> and you journal everything. And I don't journal anything, but you're like, here's my list. Step number one. And here are eight things that I don't like about myself that I have understood and and um, just listed them. One, two, three, four. And I'm like, holy cow. You are
0: you were like, take li- it easy on yourself here, honey. Yourself. But, you
1: know, um, but then it was good to be able to say, and that's not that that wasn't true or not helpful, but to be able to say, with that said, I'm also, this is not working for me to do the fast in the form that I'm doing it. How can I stay on that path, but adjust it to make it work for me? Yeah. And so I was proud of you that you were able to do that. Um, so I, I think anyone who goes into fasting, that's a, that's a good thing to hear that it doesn't have to be.
0: You might have to adjust in the yeah. And yeah. that's okay. It doesn't make you a failure. You know, and I think what's so cool, I talk a lot about what God revealed to me that first week, and I did make a list, and it was more like 12 things that I don't like about myself that he revealed to me, but it wasn't in condemnation. It was just, you know, I think of... Um, John, I believe it's 15, where he talks about every branch um, that is connected to the vine, even the ones that bear fruit will be cut back and pruned so they can bear even more fruit. And I didn't feel like the Lord was showing me those things to be like, you're the worst person on the planet, even though that's how I felt. Uh, when I came to him, it just, he revealed to me like, Minta, here is the weakness. Here is where you have fallen into relying on the world instead of me. Now let's go do this together and let's fix it. And that is the Lord too, that we can come to him no matter how broken we are. And that he meets us with grace every time. And I love that about the Lord, his grace and his compassion. And and after that first week, I didn't feel bad about myself anymore, but I did I had resolve in my gut that I was going to orient myself more towards the Lord. And I think um, that's just him.
1: And you, you use the word resolve. I like the word discipline. Yeah. I think fasting takes a lot of discipline. But along along those lines of, of the, the verse there in James, it says, no discipline is pleasant at the time, but however painful. painful.
0: <laughs> but it produces. And you feel that, right? But yeah. then it goes
1: on and says, but it produces a harvestness of peace and righteousness for those who are trained by it yeah and so fasting requires a lot of discipline um but I think the hardness of that discipline is reflective of life, and yeah. when hardness happens that's when growth happens, For and sure. so part of fasting is intentionally jumping into hard difficult uh circumstances, yeah, so that later yeah. there can be a harvestness of Harvestness? Harvestness. Harvestness. i don't think that's a word harvest of harvest peace you and said righteousness. it before and
0: i let it go but i'm gonna call it out this I say time twice you did Harvestness ah, well, is I'm not a word harvest of peace and righteousness is harvest? what he's trying to say yeah. for those who are trained in its way and here's the end of that verse so take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees mark out a straight path for your feet and so like there's that res- that resolve again that compassion just get up and keep going man take a new grip so that's what i did I took a new grip and um, kept going forward, and then the Lord, the last two weeks, did unbelievable things in our family, um, so much so that we just sat in church yesterday and held hands and cried um, as we sang and listened to the sermon because we just feel as though the Lord uh, drew so near and blessed us, uh, even though we're so undeserving and um I just, I wanted to be really real about how hard it was for me and the fact that I had to change it um, and how I'm really reliant on things of this world. Um, Because I think for those of you listening, if you decide to do a fast, um, as a society right now, we are running at a level of stress that is really different than it was pre-COVID. So we're already stressed and maybe have developed more coping mechanisms because COVID's made life really hard. Or maybe you have health issues or maybe finances are now tough because of COVID. So I just want to encourage you that if you start the fast and it's really hard um, or you feel like a failure or you have to change it or you have to stop early, man, nothing but grace um, because this is a hard time. It is a unique time in history. And so just have compassion on yourself and um, you don't need to feel bad. But okay, so before we keep going, I just want to explain what our kids did too. So our daughter, Livy, um, she fasted social media and just for health reasons, decided not to do a food fast. And we were all on board for that. And then our son, Ty, he fasted any type of drink but water. Um, and so no pop, no juice, no coffee, nothing fun, just water for 21 days. And then he fasted YouTube, um, which, man, if you know that generation that is asking a lot, he would go over to a friend's house and be like, what did you do? He's like, well, I sat across the room while everybody watched youtube and did nothing you know so youtube is a big deal in his generation so those were the things that we all chose and um it was just really neat to see how god worked in each of us even though our fasts looked really different yeah so all right let's talk about the amazing things that we saw him do and you already touched on the first one but we were all way less stressed and anxious
1: yeah well part of that is misery likes company you know, yeah. so when you're when you're together and you're all struggling, you have a commonality there that you can share. Like, I'm hungry. Me too. Oh, I just oh, yeah. want to we pop.
0: So hungry. Oh, I our wish house.
1: I could watch YouTube right now. You know, so we all have something where we can, you know, be in agreement with each other. Yeah. Which in a household of six, there's rarely a time that we can agree on everything. <laughs> so uh, that Breach. that that was good. That yeah. was helpful.
0: But I think taking a step back from the newsfeed and from social media for all of us, we were not anxious about COVID or politics or, man, it really shows you how much influence those things have over your mind. And I have talked about this statistic before, but the Barna, recent Barna study, um, they're a polling group, showed that three out of every 100 Christians read their Bible more than four times a year, three out of hundred, that's it. So if you're not reading your Bible then what's defining your truth? What are you taking in? And for most of us, it's social media. We're taking in our Facebook feed and our Instagram feed and our Twitter feed and our Snapchat feed and we're taking in the news feed. And that is what starts to define our truth. And when the world and all of its messages are defining truth, anxiety and stress and angst and anger and frustration, all that comes seeping in. And when you turn it off, it is like, Peace just flows
1: well, and that's, so much more readily. That's contagious too. Um, I think you are kind of our barometer in our family, and as <laughs> we go, as you go, yeah. And so when Mama Bear feels more peace, we all feel more peace, and when we all feel more peace, Mama feels more peace, and so it it plays off each other that way too. And so there was a lot of um, just oneness in that. Of uh, you know, in, instead of Instead of that stress and anxiety um,
0: compounding, yeah it, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, so I think doing it together was a big part of that,
0: you know it was interesting. I talked to my daughter this morning on the phone, and I said, we're doing the podcast episode today on the fast. Do you want me to share your experience or do you want you know to maintain your privacy because when you have grown up adult nineteen year old children, you can't just throw their lives out there without permission?" And she said, no, I actually want you to talk about it. And she talked about that too, that she felt like the whole family dynamic changed for the better, that we were just way more calm and um, way less anxious. And so that was really fun. Yeah, And it was fun to have a commonality too, Yeah, to do it together. Um, another thing that goes away is FOMO, fear of missing out. When you are not watching everybody else's life, your own seems remarkably better and more fun. And for me, I'm going to, wave the flag that this is the thing probably that I do that maybe my family doesn't struggle with as much. But I will go on Instagram or Facebook and see all these other amazing women podcasters and writers and speakers. And I see all the work they're putting out and the books they're getting published and all these people out doing things and getting stuff done. And I panic Because I'm home, and my whole family's here, and it's COVID, and I've got little kids, and ain't nobody writing a sermon when you got a four-year-old screaming in your face, you know? And so I just have this fear of like missing out, like somehow the ministry bus is going to leave without me on it because I'm at home, you know? And uh, when I wasn't watching what everybody else was producing, I do not have FOMO, and I was able to be content and present with my kids. And I was able to not worry about what I was missing or what I should be posting, but to just be present for my kids and for my family.
1: Yeah, and and the kids felt that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, they felt that they felt like mom was here and mom was paying attention and mom wasn't frustrated um, because kids are needy. And I, I we might I don't know if our kids are special. They're or extra
0: not. needy. They are special. You keep
1: saying that. I don't know. No, but they are. Needy, I know a lot of kids. Right?
0: Ours are special. Like yeah, maybe.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, well, look at their dad.
0: Yeah. I do blame you. It's yeah, okay. Love you so okay. much. You're worth it though. So, um, yeah, but I just, I was a better mom and I need to own that. That was mostly me. But FOMO is such a big thing that you don't realize is happening uh, when you're on your news feed and social media feed and stuff. So uh, I was way less frustrated and way more patient. And another one, gosh, this is so humbling. I had so much to work on. So let's all just acknowledge before we continue on that Aminta is a mess and the Lord is working on her heart. Um, But I was able to hold my temper better also and stay more calm, which is a huge deal for you. And you actually were also more able to keep your temper because let's well, be honest, we have two little kids and two teenagers and anybody that can hold their temper while you have teenagers and toddlers at the same time. Like, it's not easy. Yeah.
1: Well, and that's, that's a personality thing too. Uh, you're more of a blower and I'm more of a stuffer. When I get mad, I kind of get quiet or shut but then, down or.
0: But then it builds up. Oh yeah. And I can then blow, you blow. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, mm-hmm.
1: um, you know, but, but yeah, there was definitely more peace and there was, there was. Uh, there are a number of times where i saw you be very purposeful to be calm uh, and when tantrums are happening and they're screaming and crying and yelling i remember one morning i was teaching from home and our four-year-old <laughs> who just lost it i don't you even, even remember what it his was his head but got I'm, like
0: hit with a rock
1: or I don't something know. he just i was died. trying to teach online on the computer you couldn't
0: even hear anything
1: i got these kids who aren't really listening to me anyways and i'm pretending I'm teaching them something about chemical bonds or, and Truett comes running in and just screaming bloody murder. And I'm like, uh, hold on a second. And you come in and pull him out and he just gets even louder. And I, I, I mean, I'm trying to teach, but I remember just hearing you hold your temper and just speaking kindly and softly. And does that make you frustrated? Let's talk about it. And I'm I'm like oh man, I'd be lighting them up right now, but you just you know, and I could see that in you, and I and I you know was praying for you, like all right, Lord, that's thanks, thanks for this opportunity to grow stronger and be with her and you know, but um, I just think yeah, I could see that evidence in your life that you were very purposeful to say okay, this is a change that I want to be conscious to choose to make.
0: Yeah, and I think I had more brain space. You know, you only have so much like brain space in the day. At least I do. And it's more so as you get older, too. But it's like my brain space wasn't taken up with things of social media. And so I had more space for what was actually right in front of me to process because I get so much going up in my head. So up in my yeah, head at any... Yeah, that's not my problem.
1: I don't, brain space, I don't know what you're talking about there.
0: At any given time, I'm like writing the next Breakfast Club talk in my head. And I'm working on my next post in my head or my my next podcast ideas up there. And then when the kids make noise, I'm like, shh, I can't hear the voices in my head, you know?
1: <laughs> it's funny because it's true.
0: It's so true. Yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm trying to write a sermon up in there. Why are you being killed? Uh, children, why are you being loud, you know? But when I was able to shut that off, and you had said something really poignant um, one of the first days of the fast that hurt so bad, but you meant it well, and it was the truth, is that, Minta, Like I've had to learn how to shut off work. When I come home, you have to learn how to shut it off, too. And that's hard. And that was really hard, but I tried that's to be hard. intentional to do that, and it allowed me to have space to not lose my temper, because I don't want to be a yelling mom, um, but I just have children that insist on like provoking me all the time, and so I have to figure out how to stay calm. <laughs> But I think to you, that also speaks respect. Um, ben, in my conversations with you, if I can stay calm, you can actually then hear what I say.
1: Yeah. And the, I'm I'm more willing to share them too. Yeah. When you're not calm, I just... Shut down. I'm done.
0: Yeah. You're out.
1: You're out. Yep. Peace out. I'm done.
0: So I'll wait till I get that calm. That really helped. Um, and then there was a few times too on the fast, which I just, <laughs> that I had to say to Ben, like, it's okay. Stay calm you're fine and it just was so ironic that i was calming him down because that is a total role reversal of what it normally was so um i think another thing is time management did you i i really felt like that was a
1: well that was that was one of the things that i tried really hard to do yeah Um, because that's again a personality thing where we're different i love to Just swing by the seat of my pants and like, hey, let's try something fun. Let's try something new and whatever. What are we doing today? I don't know. Let's just figure it out as we go. Like to me that's If
0: you know me, you know I'm dying as I hear this.
1: I do remember one time I was like (laughs) (laughs) we have to be spontaneous. And I think your exact quote was I can be spontaneous. You just need to tell me when to do it no well, that is like a, i
0: said if we can plan yeah if we can plan a out, time of when we're going to be spontaneous i can be ready so that when the time to be spontaneous
1: comes. <laughs> that is like the antithesis of being spontaneous planning out a chance to not plan like what so i had i had heard uh that that would communicate love to you <laughs> if i could be more intentional with my planning and so uh i, I very purposely tried to say, okay, let's plan out what the days are going to look like. What needs to be accomplished? What's the to-do list coming up? What are the time slots? Um, And I think when we did that, we were able to be very productive. And that's another thing that's important to you. Um, You like to not waste time. It's like, let's go, let's go. You're task oriented and ready to go. And um, I feel like you didn't have to be you you felt like you didn't have to always be the task urging master. me along yes. to be on task. And so that was one of the things that I tried to do to fill your tank a little bit. Right. But I we think fasting.
0: what made that successful was just your openness to it. And I think the fasting um, humbled you enough that you were willing to give that a try and to see. And I think we saw benefits uh, both of us in our humbling of this time of like, yeah. hey, if you could adopt a little more task oriented, and I could, re- then I can relax a little bit, and then we find a happy medium where we are being so good to take a Sabbath and we are using our time wisely. But then at the end of the day, we can rest at night as a family, and everybody feels good about we've ac- what we've accomplished. Yeah,
1: and, and and you just mentioned that was one of the things that but was you meaningful that. to me. During our fasting is that we truly Sabbath on Sunday, and we both don't do that well that's not a natural bent for for either of us. We like to squeeze it squeeze in some work on Sunday and often a lot of work on Sunday or get this done or what we didn't get done here gets done there and I think for three consecutive Sundays, we did nothing yeah um and for me, I was physically hungry but I was emotionally full.
0: Yeah. It did fill your tank.
1: And and you mentioned this, but I'm working multiple jobs and you know, I teach all day and then after teaching I'm doing uh various jobs after that. Right. And so come Sunday I'm tired. Uh I am physically and emotionally tired and then I'm missing a meal in there. Um but it was remarkable how taking a Sunday and just being together, going to church, um, and resting. Uh, I was ready to go on Monday. I was like, "All right, let's go." Yeah. I don't need food. I don't need. I'm I'm good. I got, I got mm-hmm. the Lord, and he's gonna, he's gonna provide. Yeah. He's enough.
0: Unless you think I'm like some big taskmaster, everybody out there listening, but we just are in a financial place right now as a family where Ben, um, needs to work more than one job and with my health being the way it is and just how we have our family structure set up. Um, But one of the things we saw on the fast was when we laid down our finances in front of the Lord, he provided so generously to us in January with extra work for you. And so we also viewed you having two jobs as a blessing and a gift. This was not like Uh, every day when you went to work, we kind of had this awe of like, wow, another day of a second job, another day of extra work coming in, another day of added income to help us. And we were able to knock out some financial giants in January that have really changed our financial picture for the better. Um, but, but, But those two jobs we're talking about, like, it's not that we want Ben to have to work super hard and be task oriented and have two or three jobs his whole life. But this was a, we are in a time in our family where we are trying to recover from all my health issues and the cost of that. And, but we just felt like that extra job for you, those, those bonus jobs were such a gift. And actually, this is a huge blessing. One of Ben's second jobs is actually doing carpentry work for our friends Annie and Louie. And Annie is the director of this podcast. And they currently flip homes. And the cool thing about what they do is they are... They just come in so you can sell your house as is, and it's at your convenience, and there's no stress because you don't have to worry about cleaning or staging or making repairs or getting a realtor, but they'll just come in and take your home off your hands, stress and worry-free, and um, it's been really fun to partner with them and see the incredible transformations that their houses go through, and Ben is just so privileged to be a part of that work and do some fine carpentry things for you and build shelves and wood hood vents and really cool stuff like that. So if you are in need of any of these services, I would just encourage you to give Annie and Louie a call. The phone number is 651-755-3729 and I guarantee they're going to take good care of you. So I just wanted to throw that in there because it has been such a huge blessing to us and I um Just feel so good about passing that information on, but let 's jump back into talking about the fast
1: and we we feel very confident that this is where God has us, yeah, you know we could I could be doing other things and making more money and be in a uh a financial situation that would make more sense to the world, maybe, but we have very purposefully walked the path that we have and are are where we are at because we feel like this is where God has called us to be, and so um it, it's just neat to be able to say, "Look at all the ways that God has provided."
0: Yeah, it's been awesome. Um, another thing in the area of provision was we saw um, just some really generous provision come in for Reckless Abandoned Ministries. We had four new donors in just a matter of days, and man, that just felt so uh, confirming and so powerful that the Lord would would see to stir the hearts of people and. And we were just so overwhelmed with thankfulness for the money that did come in to allow us to continue to share the gospel. And, you know, this last week I got to give the gospel message at Breakfast Club and watch God use it in a powerful way to impact um, kids. And I just think no greater honor have I ever had in my life than to be able to give the gospel message and to have people um, just affirm that with their finances and to continue to fund us so we get to do this we get to do this podcast we get to do breakfast club we get to do fca um man it just it was so neat to see four new donors come in in that way and so you know we've we've talked about already we've seen emotional uh provision in our family god revealed weaknesses and and helped us see those and and then God helped us relationally to get along better, he helped us financially uh then our relationship got better I think absolutely, man, by the end of this thing we were just holding hands side by side like we're ready to just a renewed sense of being a team, would you agree,
1: yeah you know and at at the danger, I don't want this to be, sound like a prosperity gospel yeah, if you if you fast, your life will turn around, you know that. And that's not it. I I just I and I think we talked about this at the beginning. Um, It was hard. It was hard, and it was um, painful. Um, But that's where I think when we see growth is through difficult times, Mm -hmm. and that's when we see uh, we see God work. Not that He isn't always working, but it's through the struggles and through the pain and through the difficulty where it just seems. Evident, and we yes. you get to see it, and so I, I don't think God took care of us anymore. I don't think right. we all of a sudden got along as a family where we didn't before. It's it's not like it fixed anything uh, other than our eyes. It fixed our eyes on God and what He is always doing. He's always providing. He's always taking care of us. He's always doing those things. But the fast reveals it. I think um, where you get to see what you don't always see
0: sure i think i mostly agree with that i do think we saw the lord open new doors and i i do see we think there was some breakthrough that happened there sure that not that none of our circumstances changed we saw it differently but that actually that is it for a lot of it like in some cases he fixed our eyesight but in some cases he actually changed circumstances sure you know, and I think uh, my daughter Livy, when she was talking to me about what happened to her on the fast, you know she had some situations that caused her um some anxiety, and she was able to pray and press in and have God completely remove that and what a huge breakthrough for her um and just the less uh, less stress and anxiety that she felt um, we, and we've been praying for that for a long time yeah. that we would see breakthrough there and and we had we were praying for people um other people. I had an abundance of people reach out that have never reached out before and ask for prayer. And we saw God do some amazing things in the area of prayer. Um, And we saw some unanswered prayers, too. And we had to walk through some hard times with some people we love dearly. But um, we did see breakthrough, and we did see answer to prayer. Um, But here's, I think, for me, the key is if you will be faithful to write down every day of the fast what happened, like how you felt, but then also to put on eyes of like, okay, what happened with my kids today? What happened with my money today? What happened with my... If you come in it with expectancy and put on that eyesight that Ben's talking about and you look at what happens in your family while you're fasting, I believe everybody can have a story like this um, when they come out of it. And just because your eyesight's fixed, but also God responds to you pressing in in the fast. And so the combination of those things, I think, is really what makes it a, a, a huge time, I think, of, of, um, just feeling like a big shift. Yeah. So, uh, do you have anything else, Ben, that you can think of?
1: No, I, I, yeah, I, I, uh, I hope it encourages people to, to try and fast. Um, you know, cause I think we're called to do that. Uh, I think it's biblical. I think it drives us, uh, to God. And when you do it with people, I think it drives you towards each other as well. And so, and maybe you mentioned this, but I just think to have other people in your life doing it with you Mm -hmm. or to hold you accountable, I think is a big part of that. Um,
0: Yeah, I agree. You know i wanted to just give a f- couple practical tips here before we close it um in case you're thinking of doing it and that's one of them is to get a buddy man or get a few buddies or do it with your family but when you have that accountability and also people going through the same thing it really helps and and Ben, you were able to point out stuff in me that was happening and I was able to point out stuff in you. And so sometimes it helps to have other people's viewpoints of how you're changing or what's going on. The second thing I would say is make sure you plan for it, especially if you're gonna do a food something. Don't just decide I'm gonna do a, a Daniel fast, but not head to the store and like stock up on what you need or I'm gonna avoid sugar, but then all the, the food in your cupboard has hidden sugar in it. So make sure you prepare. The third thing is is to make sure that you use that time to seek the Lord. Don't just fast social media, and then fill it up with shopping. Or don't just fast shopping and fill it up with watching TV or movies. Use that time when you really miss the thing you're fasting to press into the Lord and pray or to read your Bible. I think the Psalms are awesome. And I actually spent a good amount of time on this fast, pouring through the Psalms and reading like Psalm 90 through Psalm 100 and just claiming all the promises of who God is out loud to remind me of who he is and that he's enough. And so use that time. And then the fourth thing, journal. And I've talked about this but it helps you see so much what God is doing and I don't know that I would have realized half of this stuff was happening if I hadn't been intentional to be looking for it and writing it down.
1: Well, and that goes back to me to finding people to do it with because yeah. you are naturally a journal, you're going to write stuff down whether you're fasting or not. I am not, but by doing it with you it allows us the opportunity to ask the question, what are you learning from this fast? Yes. You know, whether I physically write it down or not, I still have the the ability to process it um, and, and have that be part of it. So you, that n- not only are you experiencing it, but you're conscious about it. You're consciously thinking, yeah, look at all the ways that God is providing and God is taking care of us and proving and showing over and above that God is enough.
0: Yeah. And now the conversation in our family the last couple of days has been, what does it look like moving forward? Because the fast ended yesterday on a Sunday and we all agree that social media and the news feed didn't do, doesn't do anything good for us, really, but might be a necessary part of life in some ways. And so what do new boundaries look like? And how do we change old habits to make sure that they don't come rushing back in? Um, and, you know, Ben said he's been off his newsfeed. I'm still mostly off social media. I just posted a podcast today, but otherwise haven't allowed myself to get lost in that. And I just really want to be intentional moving forward to say, some of these changes that we've experienced, how do we keep hold of that?
1: But they're changes that you wanna make.
0: Yes. They're not I feel they're not
1: other people saying you shouldn't do that. Yeah. Or just you you I mean, you know you know what you should and should not do. Yeah. It's, it's easy to shit on people. Yeah, I know. But when you see the change and you desire the change, then it's a lot easier to actually make a change.
0: And I think I just, you know, yesterday couldn't stop the tears of thankfulness of feeling like what an amazing God I serve and who am I who am I that he would love and bless our family and that he would draw near when we press in and who am I that I could write down 13 ways I saw him move during the fast that the Lord would be so kind to me even in my struggle Mm -hmm. and how I fell so short and I wanted out of that thankfulness and appreciation for the awesomeness of God and his love for me I want to make changes because I'm, I don't want to waste what he has given me. I want to be a good steward of it. So I just feel so encouraged by that. And Ben, thank you so much for coming on the show. Let's, um, do you want to just pray for us? And then I'm going to do a little introduction for a new series we have coming up. Would yeah, you mind closing sure. us out?
1: Yeah, dear Lord, we just thank you for an opportunity to come together and talk about the things that we've learned uh, from you and about you. And Lord, help us to be reflective of you and who you are and the way that you give us grace and that you give us love. Help us to turn that out towards those uh, in our lives and those around us. Lord, thank you for teaching us um, better about who you are through our fasting, through our time of going without. And help us to be willing to go without at any time, knowing that you will always be enough, whether we choose to be without or our circumstances puts us without, Lord. We know that you are enough, and we thank you for that message and help us to show that to the rest of the world who mm. does not understand that. Mm. Thank you for this time, You we thank you for this podcast and this ministry. In your name, amen.
0: Amen. Thank you so much. Thanks for being on here. Yeah, it's fun. I always love when you come on. It's my favorite. Um, you know, one other thing that kind of came out of this fast, and this is what's leading into my next series, you guys, is that starting in January this year, and then especially during the fast, I have this deep sense of urgency and it is almost overwhelming that now is the time for us to step up and step out in faith. I believe that the Lord is stirring up in his people, his sons and his daughters, a call to action, a call to end our complacency and our comfort and our apathy and our lukewarm faith. I think he is calling us that this is a time to rise up and shine like bright lights in fragile clay jars and begin to share like never before our hope and our faith and the gospel of truth to a world that is hard and dark and sinful. Man, it is time, the the window is opening to regain lost ground and we need to fight like crazy against the schemes and the assaults of the enemy. Now is the time to battle for souls, lost souls, Friends, I think it is time that we put on our armor and we stand tall as warriors. The time is here. And we can stand in the strength of our king and boldly love our neighbors and enemies alike. And we can boldly speak truth, even if it is not received well. And we can invite others into this eternal life that we have found no matter the cost. But with that said, this isn't something that's going to just happen. We are We need to prepare ourselves to be warriors. Warriors go through training and they put on armor, and it is the same way for us in this battleground here on earth. And so we are going to march right into a new series called Warriors, in which we are going to prepare ourselves, and we are going to strengthen our faith, and we are going to don our armor, and we are going to do battle with the enemy. And so I invite you to join me in this pursuit of rising up and stepping out in faith and get ready. No matter if this is the first time you've listened to my podcast, you've been listening for a long time whether you just decided to follow Christ or you've been following him for 40 years, now is the time, friends. Let's band together and bring the light of the glory of the gospel to a world that desperately needs the hope of Jesus. Amen? Amen. So be sure you tune in to the next series called Warriors. You've been listening to Mint, the podcast dedicated to making spiritual things practical. If you want more information about Mint or Reckless Abandoned Ministries, you can just head to our website at www.amintageisler.com for more information.